What is it about the unknown that fascinates us so much? Is it for the thrill of it all? Or do we seek proof of life after death? Whatever our reason may be, we find ourselves being drawn in by these places and the bone-chilling tales that they have to offer. Tortured souls cross boundaries to reach out with stories that they want to share with us. There are times we simply hear the echoes of a memory on loop. The question that remains is this, are you open-minded enough to handle it? Dive into the paranormal with DCO Rourke, your personal guide, as we traverse the globe to dissect haunted places in each and every episode of Hauntingly Yours, a podcast for the paranormal, where the spirits are always waiting. Welcome back, friends. I'm DC O'Rourke, and this is Hauntingly Yours. Here we all are, together once again, tuning in for yet another episode to learn of the world's haunted places. For episode 12, you and I will be putting on our safari gear as we are headed to the coastal province of, wait for it, KwaZulu-Natal in South Africa. This is truly a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful location, guys. It's known for its beaches, its mountains, its savannas that are full of wildlife. It's definitely a must-visit location. If you need a place to stay, well, why not look into the Nottingham Road Hotel, just on Old Main Road. Legend has it that there have been establishments on this site since 1854. That's a long time. There was a Naughty's Inn or tavern situated here that provided a bit of a hangout spot for soldiers who were stationed at nearby Fort Nottingham. The soldiers, they were brought in for one mission in particular, and that was to protect the local farmers from the thieving bushmen who were coming around and stealing their livestock. Apparently, it had become a real problem, and these men did absolutely whatever they could to put an end to it. The overall location of this establishment, meh, it was ideal. It was actually able to cater to the many horse-drawn carriages that passed through the area. This was long before a railway would even be thought about. 
The first recorded facts about the hotel we know today indicate that the land for the noddies, as locals like to affectionately call it, was bought by a George Irwin around 1889, following the death of landowner James Ellis and his sister Janet King. The land being sold by the family to pay off the siblings' estates. What was the price received for that land? A whopping sum of 125 pounds per acre. Wow. This was actually pretty steep for the time period. My guess it has, is that it had something to do with the favorable location. I mean, we have to stop and look at the fact that it's pretty much at a crossroads where the road to the interior leads to the road that takes you straight to Fort Nottingham. Orwin, though, he went on to erect what he called the Railway Hotel to serve the station that was built at the tiny Nottingham Road settlement. Local farmer and settler George Smythe Yes, Smythe, S-M-Y-T-H-E. He writes in his diary, July 12th, 1882. The railway has at last commenced, and there is a large staff of men on gallery, busy putting up buildings and beginning the earthworks. The station is to be just at the crossing of the road to Fort Nottingham, about two miles from Strathern. The railway line finally reached Nottingham Road at the end of 1885. The station was initially called Harrison's Camp after the contractor prior to the station's opening, before being called Karkloof Station. However, the name was changed to Nottingham Road Station in 1887, as the locals decided that it was too far from Karkloof to be so named. Previously, Lidgeton was the last stop. The railway changed the lives of the Midland settlers forever. There was a daily postal system, and almost anything they needed could now be ordered from Durban or Peter Maritzburg. Produce from the area could be quickly sent to the city centers for sale, and travel between the coast and the interior was a matter of hours rather than weeks or days. The railway also led to the development of the Midlands as a viable area for settlement. That, in my opinion, is always a great thing. The railway hotel was built by a Mr. C. Morgan and was completed at the beginning of 1891, and it soon became the center of social activity at Nottingham Road. A gracious two-story building was set in rolling lawns. The hotel offered guests the comforts of proper lighting, tennis courts, and a billiards room, as well as activities such as shooting and horseback riding. At the turn of the century, another family took over with the last name Singleton. They would go on to run the business as they saw fit. The Nottingham Road Hotel was always the locals' favorite haunt, whether for a, a social drink in the pub or for supposedly more serious matters, such as meetings of the Nottingham Road Farmers Association. Apparently, the farmers often only survived home safely because their faithful horses knew the way back to their stables. Uh, the, the, the system worked smoothly 
until a prankster swapped the horses between the different traps and carts so that drunken farmers were taken off in completely different directions. Often the locals would decide to stay over at the hotel, especially if the weather was bad. One such farmer, a Christopher Groom, was trying to reach the hotel to shelter from a storm. He was unable to reach it in time and was unfortunately struck by a bolt of lightning just outside, right where the first tennis courts were located. He and his dead horse were actually discovered sometime later when the storm had passed over, the unconscious man quite unaware of his narrow escape. A hole was found straight through his saddle and it showed where that bolt of lightning had struck. Like all hotels with a history, the Nottingham Road Hotel is reputed to be haunted. Of course, right? In the past, guests and staff have reported that the spirit of a woman roams the hotel, especially room 10 and its grounds. This house-proud, gentle ghost apparently moves flower arrangements, tidies away clothes, and straightens bedding. Legend has it that she is Charlotte, a beautiful prostitute who frequented the hotel catering soldiers from the 45th Regiment in the latter part of the 19th century. Her story says that she fell in love with a regular at the hotel, a, a soldier, a handsome man. He ended up having to leave Charlotte at one point to go off and fight in the Bushman Wars. Unfortunately, he was killed on the fields of battle and never made it back to his beloved. Charlotte, upon hearing the news, took to the balcony of her room and was so stricken with grief that she threw herself to her death. Sad story, right? I'd say that's a pr pretty good reason to come back as a ghost. She's not the only one that lurks around in the darkness, though. Oh, no. As it would turn out, Charlotte, eh, she's just the one who likes to appear the most. Today, Naughty's is one of the Midlands' more popular hotels. It's dark and cozy. It has a wood panel pub with roaring log fires on colder nights, and, and it offers tasty pub fare and beer on tap, while the more elegant dining room doubles as a, a multi-purpose room. The bedrooms are comfortable and a spacious garden offers a relaxed place to enjoy a sunny Midlands afternoon. It doesn't matter how old the place is, Naughty's Hotel is one of the area's most popular landmarks. I mean, it boasts a colorful history of more than a century that has been known to please travelers from all over the world. The spirits here are full body and in more ways than one. One lovely spring afternoon, the front desk manager of the hotel at the time found himself in the middle of a phone call. A potential guest was inquiring about room availability and what sorts of activities that they offered because they had two young children. Well, the manager was doing his best to answer all the caller's questions when, all of a sudden, a mysteriously gorgeous woman in a black Victorian-era gown glided past 
the front desk without saying a word to him. It caused the manager to do a double take. He had never seen the woman up until that moment. She wasn't a guest of the hotel that he was aware of. The woman continued past the desk and entered the kitchen as if she were on a mission. Now the manager was confused. He set the phone down and he went to investigate. Upon entering the kitchen, he called out to her. Pardon me, madam, I, I do believe you're lost. The room appeared to be empty from what he could see and the echoes of his voice bounced off the different walls and made their way back to his ears. A creepy feeling washed over him which naturally made him feel rather uneasy. Out of nowhere, the mysterious woman reappeared and quickly darted into the adjacent conference room. The way in which this woman moved chilled the front desk manager. He knew she was not of this earth. Was it the beautiful Charlotte he had heard so much about, the beautiful prostitute who once roamed these halls so terribly long ago? He didn't quite know, but he knew there was something weird going on. Room 10, the most active hotspot in the entire hotel. Rumor has it that this is where Charlotte was staying when she threw herself to her death from the balcony. Guests who have stayed in this room have reported any and all sorts of strange happenings. They will find problems with their television turning off while they are in the middle of watching it. Footsteps have been heard in and even outside the room late into the night. Fresh flowers have been discovered on certain occasions, beds have been made with fresh linens, and suitcases have even been unpacked. The staff certainly does not mind those last few things, as good help it's sometimes hard to find. One night a male guest found himself drifting off to sleep in room 10. The room is very comfortable, by the way, with whatever modern amenities a traveler might need. It had been a long journey, and just as the guest was nearly asleep, he heard what sounded like footsteps walking across the room toward the bathroom. He lifted his head gently and peered through the darkness. A strange figure could barely be seen hunched over the sink. Not sure if it was a hotel staff member, he called out to them. Hello? What are you doing in there? Is there some sort of problem? No one answered him back. The water to the sink did turn on. Well, the guests heard it and wondered what in the world was happening. He got out of bed slowly and turned on a nearby lamp. As he looked over at the bedroom, there wasn't anyone there that he could see. He walked across the room. Hello? He tried soliciting a response once more. By the time he reached the bathroom, he realized whomever it was, they were definitely no longer there. The water to the sink continued to run without any explanation, so he turned it off and he went back to bed. Several hours passed and the sun prepared to raise its weary head. The water to the sink came on without any rhyme or reason in the bathroom. The guest who lied sleeping so quietly suddenly awoke to the sounds, thinking that it was all part of a bad dream he was having. Wiping his eyes, he got up from bed. He walked across the room to deal with this problem once more. He stood there at the sink for a moment. This was too strange. Was this some sort of joke or prank of some sort? 
He turned the sink off one last time, and then he heard footsteps quickly making their way to his door. He hurried in that direction and out of the bathroom as fast as he could go, and just at the last second, he witnessed the door to his bedroom as it slammed shut. Well, this joke wasn't funny anymore, and honestly, it creeped him out. He ran to the door, opened it up, looked out at all of the second floor. There was no one in sight. He decided right then and right there that he most certainly needed a room, a room change. On another completely different occasion, a female employee of the hotel found herself in need of accommodations for a couple of days. She got the infamous room 10, of course, and it put her on edge. She was reassured by her manager that everything would be all right and that the resident ghosts were always friendly. Reluctantly, she took the room and settled in for her first night's stay. At one point in the middle of the night, she was awoken abruptly to a set of strange sounds. She turned on the bedside lamp. It sounded like someone was crying just near the bed. Just a few feet away from her stood a little boy with blonde hair and he was dressed in old-fashioned clothes. The staff member was so terrified she reached for her Bible just near the lamp and held it out in front of her. There was something off about this little boy and she didn't care to find out what. She held that Bible steadfast and she told him to leave at once. He didn't budge. The sounds of crying began to fill the room again, but the child was stock still and his mouth never moved. It remained closed. The poor woman closed her eyes now and instructed the boy to leave once more. Once she opened them, he was gone. The experience still bothers her until this very day. From there, we moved to the tale of a mother and daughter who came to stay at the hotel a few years ago. They were assigned room two and ended up staying for a week or so. Their stay went absolutely wonderful by all accounts, with the exception of their last night there. With an early checkout time the next morning, the mother had been insistent that they get as much sleep as they possibly could. At some point in the middle of the night, though, mother awoke to what felt like someone placing their hands on her ankles. They were holding her down. The pressure was unreal. She sat up slowly and adjusted her eyes, looking down at her feet. She couldn't see anyone there. Well, she looked over at her daughter. Her daughter was fast asleep right next to her. The hands moved up her legs, and the pressure became heavier. The mother didn't know what the hell was going on, but it needed to end right then and right there. The hands moved higher and higher. All the while, that pressure just weighed down on top of her like somebody was actually laying on her. Finally, the pressure reached her chest and she started struggling to breathe. Her hands clutched at her throat and no matter how hard she tried, she, she couldn't muster up a single plea for help. Thankfully, her daughter awoke to all the movement going on and noticed her mother flailing about. She reached over with both hands, and no sooner she touched her, the pressure 
it just completely dissipated and she could breathe again. Hmm. I don't know about you guys, but that is some freaky stuff right there. No, thank you. I will have a different room, please. Thanks. A front desk clerk had a rather frantic woman come running up to him one morning just a few summers ago. She told him that he needed to follow her at once. All of the pictures on the walls upstairs were falling to the ground and breaking. The clerk followed her, right behind her actually, and the two of them took to the staircase and went all the way to the top. As they drew near, they could hear the sounds of pictures hitting the floor and glass shattering all over the place. Another woman had come out of her room and was trying to help pick up the pictures as they fell. The second floor walls are all decorated with photographs of the different soldiers of the 45th Regiment who used to frequent this hotel. Early on in the afternoon, just the day before, the photos had been taken down for cleaning. When they were put back on the wall, they were placed in different spots. They were spread out more evenly as well to make sure every bit of wall space was covered. Based off the circumstances, I think it's pretty obvious there's somebody who's in disagreement with the new placement of these particular photographs. The clerk and the woman who had brought the matter to his attention scrambled around. They did what they could. They picked up what photographs they could get their hands on. No matter how hard they tried, though, no matter how hard they tried to clean up the mess, this, this unknown entity just continued to throw photographs on the floor. Throughout the rest of the hotel, strange apparitions have been seen going to and from different places. Some tend to linger by the staircase near the front desk, while others pop down to the pub to revel in the atmosphere. The owners of the hotel, Mr. and Mrs. Foss, they say that their hotel is a family-friendly place, and there isn't any need to worry about the resident ghosts. They have just made themselves at home, and... They are just as much a part of the place as they are. Back in 2007, Ghost Hunters International came across this location and rented out the entire place for themselves. They came in, met Mr. Foss, and got a good rundown of the history and the, the spooky encounters people have had over the years. They went to work straight away. All in all, I think their experience was... Rather insignificant. A few EVPs were picked up, odd noises were heard, and the ions in the air of the kitchen increased at one point, which is usually a pretty good sign that paranormal activity is about to take place. The EVPs were simple. They got told to get out, leave, so on and so forth. One of the investigators at one point thought he should provoke a spirit, which uh, I... Do not agree with this at all. This guy challenged them to do something, to touch him and make their presence known. I absolutely hate this. I really do. Spirits are not circus animals, and they are not here to perform tricks for us. Either they want to communicate or they don't. It's really that simple. You, you should never... Ever 
provoke a spirit. Always be respectful. Just because they aren't alive anymore doesn't mean they don't have feelings too. I cannot stress that enough. A little bit of evidence that these guys collected was enough for them to say the place was haunted. The owner was satisfied with what they had uncovered and thanked them for coming out. Ever since their departure though, it seems like paranormal investigators have been coming from all over the world in search of Charlotte and the many other spirits that still call the Nottingham Road Hotel home. Some of them have experiences that they cannot easily easily explain while others don't have a, a single experience at all. That's the name of the game though, isn't it? I find that paranormal investigation as a whole is just this. We can stay in a location all night long and nothing could come of it, come of it at all whatsoever. There are no guarantees when it comes to spirits. It's all about being in the right place at the right time and hoping they are feeling good enough to communicate with us. Well, there are easily a, a, a dozen more stories from this location. I think I'm going to let the bug stop here. Experience the Nottingham Road Hotel's beauty for yourself if you ever get the chance. Have a pint in the pub and be wary that the resident spirits are watching from the shadows. It's a house full of spirits, after all. Never stop being curious, my friends. Read, travel, meet new people, learn of new places on your own accord. When we are all COVID-free, of course. I'm going to drop some photos of both locations on the podcasts, Facebook, and Instagram pages. I say both locations as if I'm talking about more than one. I only mean one place. Please check them out. Also, if you haven't done so, or done so already, join the Hauntingly Yours Lounge on Facebook where you can meet like-minded people like ourselves, catch up on all things paranormal, follow along on Twitter, and even TikTok. Yeah, we have a TikTok. Now go like, review, subscribe, check out the merch store, buy some merch, and most importantly, tell a friend. I appreciate each and every one of you listeners more than you will ever know. For all the show's links, be sure to check out the link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E backslash hauntingly yours paranormal. Lastly, I'd like to give a big shout out to Clovercrest Media Group as Hauntingly Yours has just recently joined their ranks. They're a wonderful network with great poster, podcasters bringing you the best of the best in many different genres. Thanks for accepting me into the family, guys. I am really, truly humbled to be amongst you all. Our next adventure will be our last for season one. I know, 13 episodes will be in the bank before we know it. I figured it was appropriate to end each season with 13 episodes. I mean, come on, spooky, yeah, bad luck and all that jazz. 
By the way, I am going to be taking some much needed time off so I can prepare for next season. I am going to be kicking it up several notches. This season, though, will be closing with a bang as we will be traveling to the most happily haunted place on Earth. Be sure to stay tuned for more on that. I have a feeling some listeners will be squirming and feeling unsure if they can even finish the episode. Until next time, my friends, I'm DC O'Rourke. I am and will remain, much like the spirits, hauntingly yours.